0: Charlie Chaplin is a gypsy by order of the Peaky Blinders. Welcome into our spoiler free podcast, breaking down every single episode of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman.
1: And I'm Josh Levy. This is season two, episode five, and things are heating up, Daniel. We got a lot of players going on, we got a lot of deception. Inspector Campbell's ready to charge at Tommy. Tommy's ready to get his plan going in motion, and we are on the eve of the Epson Derby.
0: It's it's almost Derby Day. It's penultimate episode day, and we're so happy that you guys are either rewatching with us or just following along for the first time. We do not spoil anything for you guys, but man, oh man, is this quite the uh, the table-setting episode. A lot of uh, pieces are set in place, and before we dive in, you know the drill. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash peakypodcast. Follow us on Twitter At By Order of Peaky, subscribe, follow. And if you want to send some feedback, you can email us at B-O-O-T PeakyBlinders at gmail.com or just comment on Facebook like Christine did as she commented on our Season 2 Episode 2 recap saying, this is one of my favorite episodes of this entire series. Tom Hardy as Alfie Solomons along with Killian Murphy as Shelby took the television series to a new stratosphere. The relationship is complicated, but ultimately based on respect. Alfie has some of the funniest lines of all time, and I welcome the character of Michael into the show. It really adds a new layer of dimension to Polly by seeing her grapple with being a mother again. This episode is when season two really kicks into gear and makes it my favorite season of the whole series so far.
1: Wow, that is is high praise. I would have to disagree with that, but I don't dislike any season. But best season?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think I think this one might be one of the weaker seasons. Um it's still great and and I'll tell you right now. I mean, we've seen it before. Guys, if you have not seen season 2 episode 6, watch it. It's, it's it might be my favorite episode of the entire series. So I'm really excited for that. shakes me in my boots. The description though for episode 5 kind of lays out everything that happens in it. It's a bit of a slow episode, so that's one of my one of my nits to pick here. I, I there really nothing 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 happens. A lot happens, but nothing happens in this episode. It says the Peaky Blinders are under attack. Tommy's power base in London is obliterated, and Arthur and Michael are arrested and imprisoned. So there we go, that's it. Podcast is over, Josh. The whole thing just I just <laughs> laid it out for you in the description.
1: I I mean I agree that not a lot happens, but a lot happens. Especially because after you watch six, you know a lot happens. So
0: Right, it, it, there was no action in this episode. I mean, the, the the most action there was was the action that Grace and Tommy had. The action that you know the inspector raped out of uh, out of Polly. If if that's even, I don't even know. Is is that rape? Is that uh, that was, it was just awful? That was rape. It was, it was disgusting. That was rape. And then and then you've got the action that the goat has to deal with, and we can jump right into it because Red Right Hand plays in the beginning, and it's Passover, and Josh and I know a lot about Passover. But in case you didn't know, Alfie gives you a nice little lesson about comparing the Egyptians to the Peaky Blinders, which I'm not really sure I follow.
1: And then Sabini
0: takes the club back in London. A lot of stuff happens all in one scene. Michael gets arrested. I'll tell you, the first five minutes, the whole episode, boom. Michael gets framed for the the arson at the Marquise of Lorne, and they frame the Billy Kitchen's murder on uh, Arthur. And so he gets thrown into prison. But man, I mean, we can't see Alfie. This is the only Alfie scene of the episode, if I'm not mistaken. So we got to get a little bit of uh, Josh Alfie.
1: I yeah, this is a this is a this is an Alfie monologue if we've ever seen one, and he's going on a rant about you know Pisoc, and so he starts explaining about the Pharaoh and whatnot, and here 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 it goes, and Alfie says, "So the Pharaoh, have you heard of him?" He kept my people the Jews in slavery for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The Sedar is basically the day that the angels decided that the Egyptians pushed their fucking luck. And then Arthur kind of chimes in, he's like, persecuted the race. He's like, yeah,
0: yeah, persecuted persecuted fucking Jews. Arthur in this scene is he maybe the funniest that he's ever been because he, he shows up he says he says Shalom yeah Shalom he says it like twice which is hello and goodbye in Hebrew and <laughs> it's amazing that every time he says something he's like yeah 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 they persecuted uh, him. yeah and then of course yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck them.
1: and then of course alfie's like raw, raw, raw you know
0: and right when they meet he's like the famous author Shelby yeah. I've been so excited <laughs> to meet you Oh yeah, but man. anyways,
1: so he goes on, and you think it's just you know a simple monologue and it's just you know he's being alpha, and he's being witty. He goes on to say, part of our tradition to do with the Seder, that in order to make good to make it good with God is to kid a king. We have to carry out the Corbett Pesach. That is the ritual sacrifice of the Passover goat. And then Arthur's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like <laughs> he's like, Yeah, yeah. And we are going to sacrifice it to not. And, and he goes, that's part of the reason why we have to shut the doors as well. And then that's when you know it's bad. And in the, and in the middle, Billy Kitchen got bad vibes. And it kind of gives me, you know, like w- whenever someone is like, oh, this gives me bad vibes. It's kind of like how Curly had bad vibes in the auction that something was going to happen. Like a little foreshadowing there, a little forewarning. So yeah. so he has bad vibes. And, and he's like, hey, you know what we daved at? He goes, but this year we thought we'd give the goat a fucking dave. And then Arthur's like, is that right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he gave the goat a fucking name. And he's like, after the vile Egyptian Pharaoh. Hey, you know what we called him? And he's like, what'd you call him? He's like, Tommy Shelby. And boom. Boom. The, Just like that, everything twists. The the goat's neck gets slit. The door is open. Billy Kitchen gets shot in the throat, I think. He got shot right in the in the app through the Adam's apple. Back of his neck. They get Arthur and like with a rope they start choking him and you know Alfie, you know, gets a little brush and gets the blood of the goat and he's and he goes up to, to Arthur while he's while he's kind of held hostage on the pole and he goes, And the evil fucking scub was finally cleansed with the blood of the Passover goat and he like rubs his lips and he he's like he, he draws something he's putting the, the blood on his forehead and he goes, That's from Sabedi And we know.
0: Oh, man. And then Michael gets arrested and Campbell gets to be a spectator, which leads us to, obviously, the, the terrible scene where Campbell's forcing Polly to cry and Michael finds out about it from the guards. That was a sad scene. Everything about that scene is uh, is just a loser. I mean, the whole scene, we're, lo- we're, we're the loser of the episode for having to watch it. I'm going to be honest with you, this... Upon rewatch, this might be... I mean, you have to have one, right? This is probably my my least favorite episode of the entire season Because show. you're just,
1: like, hurt? Or, like, you didn't...
0: Yeah, it's just never... N- no part of this episode, aside from the Passover scene in the very beginning, did I, like... Was I, like, all the way in on? You know what I mean? And I, I might get some flack on this. And you guys can, you know, chirp up if you disagree. But I'll tell you, Season 2, Episode 6 might be my favorite episode ever. But Season 2, Episode 5... And we'll go through it a little bit, but I'll tell you, I don't have too, yeah. too many highlights in well, this episode.
1: And we also have to mention that as that goat sacrificing scene happens and the, the Sabini's come in, Sabini takes one of the, one of, one of the Peaky Men in and says, Tell your gypsy king—why am I talking in Alvy's voice? He's like, Tell your gypsy king whoever comes down south, return north, many fucking pieces. And he cuts the kid's, like, cheek.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, It was hard to watch. They took back and all the while, Josh, all the while, Tommy is Tommy is frolicking at May's, talking about, you know, how they use goldfish to get rid of the worms and everything is looking so good. This is why it probably hurt a little bit more, because it's like typical TV writer style where whenever, you know, your anti-hero has finally something happened that he's happy about, boom, just like that it twists and then he has to break up with May. And, you know, we see the relationship last like a minute and we also see May kind of have no shame and say, all right, you've been a gentleman. You told me about Grace. Now let's be a gangster again.
1: She's legit like the clingy girl who you're like, all right, like I got someone else. And she's like, oh, no, but we can make this work kind of thing. She still doesn't care. She, she was loving She was loving the, uh, the uh,
0: sexy time. You can't invite a person, girl or guy. You can't invite someone. As tempting as it is, you can't invite someone to something deep in the future, That's because true. now she's like, "Well, let's just, you know, Epsom, you know, we'll, we'll stick around for that, and we'll figure it out then." Yeah. Because if you get tired <laughs> of it, if you invite him to something two months in the future, if you invite him on a vacation that you booked months in advance, it's a risk, especially for a new person. A you know, they haven't percent. been they haven't been there a while. Especially, so especially when uh, he's
1: uh, diversifying the portfolio and investing in horses.
0: She asks him, "I like this one too." She asks him, did you ever consider a career in diplomacy?
1: That was great. That was great. When he's uh, talking to Mickey, who she cl- who she claims is the best horseman in all of England. And he's like, have you met Curly? I think that was last episode he says that. but we And so Mickey's like offended. He's pissed off at Tommy, of course, because Tommy pisses people off. And that's when she asked that. I thought that was phenomenal.
0: It, it was good. And I think, uh, I, I mean, as we go through this, it's it's tough it's just tough because Tommy gets upset he comes back he's he's yelling at the inspector the inspector finally has leverage and realizes that you know he, he makes up some lie about the home secretary cracking down but he realizes that's because Tommy's not afraid to die he needs to you know get some power over his family and and he, he quotes the power of life and death and then here's the quote of the episode I'll tell you this the inspector Campbell, Stole the show. I, he, I mean, he as as a character in this episode, as despicable and disgusting he was, he had some epic, epic lines.
1: He did, but he was. This was like peak annoyance with him, like peak, like cringe with Inspector Campbell.
0: Yeah, but some of his things were so smart. We always talk about Tommy playing chess. The yeah. inspector says, "You know, I realized I had a dream, and I realized that you know you're you're not afraid to die, Tommy." And then he comes to the conclusion that an agreement is not the same as an insurance. And assurances are pretty much ironclad. And I just, I love that. And then he said, my father once told me, to make sure your dog obeys you, you have to show it the stick every once in a while.
1: Crazy, crazy, crazy scene. And he's he's got leverage and he's he's whipping out his, his big D. He's got things to say. He has leverage. He knows he kind of has Tommy... Uh, on the back foot, you know, like Tommy said uh, a while ago, you never parlay when you're on the back foot. Like he, he has Tommy on the back foot right now. And that that my father used to say to make sure your dog obeys you, you need to show that you're sick every once in a while line, was top five lines by Inspector. And he's it's like little things, you know, Tommy's really pissed off. He's like, we had a deal. And he, we had a deal. And he's yelling. And he's like, didn't you ever learn to not shout in a place of worship? And it's just like he's he's just toying with him. And we we don't see that a lot, Tommy getting toyed with, and and
0: visibly frustrated. It's just a situation where at the end, he might not even be in control, but you still feel like he's calling the shots because at the end of the day, the law always reigns supreme. And when Tommy can't control what happens in Birmingham, in the place where he feels everyone is the most safe, and when Michael can just be snatched out of his new fancy house, Tommy needs to flip the script, and he does at the end of the episode. It's just... uh, Oh, it's it's interesting because on top of it all, Josh, we get a little glimpse of light in the middle of the episode. Because while Tommy is just seeing the shit storm pile up, Grace calls and they meet and they do the dirty. Yeah. And
1: originally initially it was a, it was it was a rough start. It was a very rough start.
0: Yeah. She lies to her husband saying she has to look good for her uh, her her auntie. And, like, Tommy, is, he's saying, is she armed? And she says, no, I'm not armed anymore. She slaps him at one point because he says, are you still undercover? And then asks her if she's still in love with him. And we all know that she's lying, right? She's definitely still in love with him. Oh, of
1: course. She wouldn't have gone all this way. I mean, we still don't know what the reason her and her husband have to come all this way. Because she's supposed to be seeing her aunt.
0: No, we do know the reason. So she divulges – that she has no return ticket to America, right? Because right. tests are being done on them, right. and they're trying for a baby. Oh my goodness! I, I don't know if one plus one doesn't equal two here, guys. I don't want to. I don't think I'm spoiling anything.
1: He can't do the deed. He's apparently he's. They're having issues getting getting her pregnant and whatnot. Yep. So
0: she she thinks it's her because in 1920 it's always the women's fault, and that's just what doctors think. And I wrote down the entire quote here from Tommy. Ready? He says. The plan was that we'd sit here for a while. Talk about old times. Drinking whiskey. I was going to tell you I haven't spent a day not thinking about you. And then we'd go upstairs where I set a fire in the guest room. But as I opened the door, I changed my mind. And Grace is like, you changed your mind? Tommy says, so it'll be one drink. And then you can tell me how happy you are with your husband. And she is, freaks out on him. She's like, oh, no, all of a sudden you're all high and mighty and blah, 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 blah. And nag mode goes on and... Tommy's like, you know what? But the real plan, the real plan was to go out. Do you like Charlie Chaplin? And I love this part where, where she gets to meet Char- the real Charlie Chaplin, where we add in a little bit more historical fiction. She's like, yes, I like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> she's like, she's like, this, this isn't the pictures, Tommy.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. You, you can just see
0: the twinkle in her eye. You know, it's 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 there. It's very there. And then we talk about boxing matches all the time. Tommy does get one little jab in and calls the inspector or the major, whatever he is, calls Campbell before they leave the uh, the club where Chaplin is, who, according to Tommy, Charlie Chaplin was, what, born in Birmingham and is a gypsy? I think I heard that. So that was interesting, along with his bodyguard. But Tommy calls the inspector and says, I know you have men watching my house. I'm going to walk home with a very pretty blonde woman tonight. I'm going to close the shades. To, can you guess who it is? And Campbell yells, liar, liar!
1: So great, and I wrote a note and I just said, "Drop the dick on Campbell. Let's fucking go." I love that. It's so great because it's a it's a boxing match. It's a back and forth, and Tommy gets Tommy gets the last laugh and gets the KO at the end of the episode when he's making jabs about how another jab about how Inspector Campbell didn't fight in the war because Inspector Campbell is talking about you know the plan about how he's supposed to shoot the field marshal and. He blew up his house, and he thinks he's going around the plan now, and he's like, I'm a soldier of experience, and I will decide, and Inspector Campbell gets real triggered and raises his voice, and it's just, a, it's, just a, it's, it's this boxing, ma- boxing match of back and forth that we've seen the past two seasons, these little jabs at Inspector Campbell, and I am all for it.
0: And then uh, a few housekeeping things going on at the uh, Shelby headquarters. They find out that the cops took everything, and they rattled up everyone in London, All the whiskey. They're going to be having a party, according to John. They lose, which is important. I didn't realize it my first two watches, probably. They lose the free pass through the black country because everyone thinks that Arthur killed Billy Kitchens. Remember when they signed up Billy Kitchens, they kind of said it was a two birds, one stone thing, and Charlie was upset because they couldn't smuggle anymore? So now they're losing that, that canal way. Polly is absolutely losing her shit, yelling at poor little Esme, who's only suggesting that they add some more men with the Lees and that's what Tommy ends up doing. and then Polly yells, everything is the men's fault. this life is bad, this life is all bad and then pulls an unwittling Finn out of the room.
1: Yeah, Paul it was a rough episode for, for uh, Polly and I mean I, I don't even want to really go into detail about the scene with Inspector Campbell because that was just brutal that was, that was like top three most brutal scenes that I had to watch in the show. In its entirety.
0: Yes, it was hard. And it was hard to watch it just now for me taking notes. And it was almost as bad to see the next scene when she's, you know, absolutely shit-faced. Washing herself and off. And trying to literally yeah, scrub she's... off the dirt. And when you see Ada's face, when she puts the, the connection together, when Polly says, oh, no, Michael's freed. I took care of it. Ada's face is like, oh, it's like another heartbreak on top of it. But we, we have, I have one little, you know... Try of like a trophy of making it, you know, something smile. Paulie for the second straight episode, last episode, Tommy asks pa- uh, Ada where, where her son is, because she's just sleeping late. Pauly says, Where's the kid? It's <laughs> like We're, we don't know. We don't know where the fuck Carl is, guys. We we don't know. Where's Carl? We
1: don't know and we never will know. We won't know, and this is Peaky Heads, help us out. If you if you find Carl, we have a very, very, very large reward for you. We don't know where he is. We're concerned.
0: Yeah, Ada's like he's bloody sleeping. She's like, stop asking me about my kid. Guys sleep. The kid's sleeping all day long, man. Jeez. We talked about Michael leaving the prison. There was a good song being, uh, you know, played during it was by Laura Marling. It was called "What He Wrote." As Michael walks out of prison, and you know, it goes right from Polly's, you know, scene with Campbell to Polly bathing. Usually we skip around a bit. No, it was Polly's scene with Campbell. Polly bathing, and then Polly. Um, standing outside the prison and Michael telling her that the guards told him what she did and then quote they thought it was funny. Maybe it is.
1: I, I I was a little upset with this and I don't know if you agree or not, but I understand that it's not like it's not great. It's not great to hear that your mom had to have sex with the inspector to get you out of the prison. But like she did what she had to damn do to get him out of prison. He would still be in there, locked up. She did what she had to do, and he doesn't, he, like, shows, show a little bit of remorse. You think she, like, enjoyed doing what she did? Like, you, do, do you think she, she had fun doing it, Michael? She's, as she's, wait, 10, 25 times more destroyed than you are
0: right now. So have a little freaking, god damn. I was really frustrated. I I actually get it. I mean, from his perspective, he's joined this life of crime and he's a gangster and Charlie's going to sit in, I mean, excuse me, Arthur is going to sit in prison. Michael can sit in prison and take it. He thinks he probably thinks he's a badass. and he's saying like Tommy would have taken care of this. Remember Michael is all team Tommy. So, you know, through and through Michael's all about Tommy. So maybe he thinks, you know, mom, you didn't have to do this for me. And now what you've done is you've given the enemy a reason to gloat. And he says it at the end. Tommy said, Tommy gets the, the, the little dig from Campbell saying, "Have you seen your uh, your treasurer recently?" Tommy's like, "No." Why? And he's like, "Give her my regards." And it's like that little thing that he can hold over her forever now. And the question is, how will Polly take it? I'm not sure. I know how Tommy's gonna take it though, Josh. Tommy's gonna go straight to the boatyard and start shoveling shit.
1: I love this part. Just and Curly. Curly's confused. Curly's Curly's asking <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. What he's like? What? Why are you doing that, Tommy? And he says, "To remind myself of what I'd be if I wasn't who I am." Great quote. Phenomenal. Great quote. Great little
0: line. Fantastic line. But
1: <laughs> <and then> he, <laughs> he shovels the shit for like a good twenty five
0: seconds and walks away. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he needed a little bit of reminder because then he's like, and then he's like. God, this job sucks. And Charlie's like, "Well, you know what? Get your own rake if you need it." Yeah. And Curly says to Charlie, "I like this one too because this one has some underlying um, irony." And Curly says, "Charlie, I think I think Tommy's lost his mind." Yeah, it was great. It's like <laughs> and coming from coming from Curly.
1: Yeah, and you and you pointed this out for all our throne, our Thrones lifers. He is the Hodor of the show. That was a great observation. I didn't even think about that. But he's the Hodor of the show because he's like deep down, he's like very intelligent in his own in his own way of what he does he's very good at what he does he's reliable you can always count on curly to do what you need him to do and it's it's true and he's a little slow just like hodor and that's it the more and more we see it man there's a lot of parallels to game of thrones obviously not intentionally i I would imagine but it's it's crazy
0: we do get a very game of thronesy scene as arthur is walking in his shackles very much like ned stark might have been in season one and john goes to visit arthur calls him the uh, the king of london town another fun uh, medieval comparison and then john kind you know explains that he knows what he has to do to get arthur out arthur's not going to be hanging even though it might be what he wants after he's tried to kill himself twice and what john has to do is blow up the house of the field marshal and flip the script like we mentioned put it on tommy's term so that tommy can do it on derby day at epsom which is the final line and here is here is you know every episode i need 20 seconds of Johnny dogs. I need it. And we got it right here, Josh. And I loved it. Cause Johnny dogs was the, uh, the decoy. They, they needed to get the copper out of the way. So Johnny dogs pulls over the copper comes running over. And that's how John could sneak the, the, you know, the, the bomb into the mailbox. But they're like, he's like, what are you, the cops like, what are you doing? Johnny dogs? is like, I just, just pulled over for a smoke. You know, I never, I never smoke yeah, no, and drive, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was it was smart, and John gets the job done. But it's uh, just obeying the law. Inspector Campbell did not want it to happen this way because the field marshal's not dead. It just kind of he just had to he had to move. He had to he because he just moved somewhere for for a few months. And he storms into Tommy's office. And I even though they're not like crazy lines, I love Tommy in this scene because he he gets the leverage back on Inspector Campbell, and he tells Inspector Campbell, and he's like. I will shoot your field marshal, but I will do it in a way that serves my purpose. And he's like, Your purpose is my purpose. And he's like, I will carry out your assassination at a place of my choosing. Kinda just like being like, Listen guy, I will do it my way and he tells Inspector Campbell that he will come to him. And the episode ends by him asking, And where is that? And he goes, Epson, Darby Day and we get red right hand playing in the credits role. Phenomenal way to set up episode six, man.
0: The one thing that I do have to add here is how much of a champ May Carlton took the breaking up from Tom Shelby. I mean, first, you know, she comes out and she's, she's making a joke about the goldfish and she goes, I thought it'd make you smile, but little did she know that Tom is Tommy was in no smiling mood. Tommy ends things with her pretty, I thought it was pretty gentlemanly like, as she mentioned, you know, you've, you told me about her like a gentleman, so can't you behave like a gangster again? Because Tommy says there's someone else. There's always going to be someone else. But she's on her way, you know, sailing home. And she says, yeah, let she, her sail. Yeah. And she kisses him and says, uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm still going to win you even though your horse might not win the race.
1: Yeah. Your horse will win fifth to sixth, but I will win you. And I'm like, damn, this bitch is clingy. Like, at that moment, I'm like, look, he just told you he's got another bit on the side. Waiting for him that he actually probably you know obviously is in way more into because he's leaving you. He's doing the right thing first of all, which you gotta you gotta admire out of him. You know, when he was started the uh, fling with May, he didn't he didn't know that Grace was you know on her way over. and Grace was had the intention to do this, so he's doing the right thing and and he's being honorable. And she's just like not not still still want you still want you.
0: I did I did so. like that Tommy kind of dissected her here because she was saying you know I. I, I'm pretty much like invested in you already. You know what I mean? Like I don't care if anyone finds out about it. And Tommy's basically saying, oh, so the only reason you still want to be with me is because you're all the way in. So you might as well just stay in deep. And she says, you think your people are ruthless? Try mine. Everyone thinks I'm fucking a racketeer anyways. So that was interesting.
1: Yeah. She kind of has no shame. And she, it's like, I couldn't tell if she was like embarrassed or if she was like, I'm in. I'm, I'm in this deep. Might as well, might as well keep going. But yeah, man, poor May. It's a tough episode for winners and losers. Do you have a winner? My winner is going to be Sabini. Sabini wins this episode because he gets back at the at the Peaky Blinders in a way that you know served his purpose, his ultimate purpose. He's got uh, Michael Gray in prison. He's got Arthur locked up, and he 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 sets things in motion kind of with everyone else but Tommy. And he got his revenge, and I mean, winner B uh, is Sabini's guy who Mario alive, <laughs> so, because as as we uh, found out, as we realized Arthur is really good at not killing people, and his face is all cut up. His face is cut up, but you know he's he's on the road to recovery. So Sabini is going to be my winner for for exacting the revenge the way he wanted to, and uh, you know, kind of getting Alfie Solomon's you know fully on his side. For the moment because you never know with that guy and um and mario subini's guy is winner b but
0: who do you got mine it's hard to I, I gotta do it inspector campbell won he won i mean he got everything he wanted in this episode
1: uh, boo 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 you he,
0: he is you know he's always wanted to be this villain and he's always been kind of like the uh he hasn't quite lived up to the villain that, that this episode deserves. You know what I mean? They, that's, they added Sabini, in, but they kept Campbell. It's kind of like a weird, um, a weird situation going on in, in the writer's room. There has to be because it's weird to have two villains when one has to be the main villain. And this episode really put up Campbell to that A-villain slot because he did despicable things. He had fantastic liners. He got to arrest two Shelbys in one swoop and gets to show off to Polly about it. I, I thought I thought he had it. I thought he had a. An AI. It's just it's just one really winning episode. We talked about he hasn't been yeah. able to recover since he got rejected by Grace. This was this was a little. And he got to have sex with the landlady.
1: And he, I mean, Sam Neill is just a phenomenal actor. I mean, I think he, I think he's from New Zealand. So the the New Zealand accent kind of like matches, you know, like the thick Irish accent. His Irish accent is just impeccable, but. Let's not forget Mr. Pringles. He's still Pringles. I still look at him. I'm like Pringles. How about your loser? My loser for this episode is gonna be Polly Gray. I mean, sheesh, man, I don't even know where to begin. She just, she's, oof. That was the that was the roughest scene of the show. I mean, she, because you know, usually you see her in a very prideful manner. She's, you know, she's full of, you know, pride and. And she's she's strong and powerful, you know, she's run the business on her own. She kinda leads the, the she leads the woman in the show and she was just broken down in this episode completely. You know, most vulnerable that we've seen her so far. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and call that rape. That was not consensual in the slightest. She was not happy with it and I mean she she gets played like a fiddle into uh, Inspector Campbell. He's he had her at, at her at her lowest and her weakest, found found you know found the mo the, the weakest point and we've seen this show is just full of weaknesses for characters you know people when when they're vulnerable is when there is, is when people strike at them the most so i'm gonna go with Polly gray as my loser because we had to endure that with her and oof, i I don't think there's another loser out there but
0: what do you got yeah michael's michael's my loser in the same in the same breath the gray the yeah. gray clan <laughs> you know what this was this was a gray episode it was it was. It was rough. I don't really even have to explain why uh, why Michael's the loser because he he had to deal with something that nobody should have to deal with. Uh, getting arrested and beat up is one thing, but then that reputation that he'll always have now with him because of what happened is, you know, it's, it's tough for Polly, and she did it for love, but in hindsight, knowing what she probably knows, you know, a couple minutes later at the end of the episode, that Tommy could have gotten him out by just, you know, Tightening, tightening up the clamps like he did with Arthur. I, I bet Polly regrets it. Definitely.
1: I mean, but you just gotta like think about it from her perspective. Like she just got her son back, and she like you saw her reaction. You know, just if, I don't uh, just just before in the episode when Michael's getting taken away, and Helen McCrory. Hats off to her for the way she acted this episode. You know, she, you could see that the horror and the grief and the flash. You know, she she had PTSD when Michael was taken away, you know, when, when he was a young kid, a young boy. She was, like, shrieking in fear that he was going to be gone. Like, don't take my son. Don't take him away. And, and, and so you kind of have to put yourself in – I mean, don't put yourself in her shoes. But just think about it from her perspective, you know. She was just – when people are, you know, at their lowest and they're and and they're grieving, which you know, Polly says, you know, Polly says it uh, a lot. You know, when they're grieving, they're at their lowest and they don't act rationally. And so she didn't act rationally. So I mean, oof, it was just rough.
0: The nit that I have to pick here is there was no action. I mean, am I wrong? Was there any fight in this entire episode? There was the yeah, one, I mean... the one that didn't have any action. I agree. Besides like, you know, the, the cutting, the sacrificing of the goat
1: and like the, the taking the brothers into prison and and whatnot, there, there, there really wasn't action, but uh, that we see in most, you know, episode five, you know, setting up for six, the penultimate episodes. But I think it was an important episode, but if I had a nit to pick, it was a little slow. It was a little slow, you know, things kind of were progressing and it could have been, you know, some storylines could have been condensed a little bit to speed up the process. But, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, put, put it in Peaky Heads. We're, like, this is in context of the whole show. Like, we don't think this episode sucks. It's no, just, it's, you know, it's reali- great television. Right, right. It's still good right. it's, television. It's just relative to other episodes. And, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't a, a season one, episode six banger, you know, or, or you know, what we're going to see in the next episode.
0: There has to be one. And that's just how I feel. I had to pick one. I knew it as I was doing this rewatch. And I didn't feel it until I did my official total note-taking rewatch today that this was the one. And so I can promise you that I will be singing a different tune when we post the Season 2 Episode 6 recap because I've seen it before and it is phenomenal. Epson lives up to the saddle hype. Saddle up! So keep saddle up. Keep an eye out. No pun
1: intended. Oh, I love it. Oh, strap in.
0: <laughs> oh man, everything's gonna meet. And so keep an eye out for that. We're also gonna be recording a season two recap. So uh, keep them peeled for both of those. You can subscribe, you can follow us, you can like us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, all of that if you want to see when we post it, if you want to comment, like our girl Christine did today. So we love that feedback. Keep it coming by emailing us as well at B-O-O-T PeakyBlinders at gmail.com. That'll wrap up this episode. He's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we binge so you don't have to. We binge so you
1: don't have to.